Have you ever felt weird and needed someone with actual talent to tell you that it's okay? Good, because we got Felicia Day on the show today. Tell us why it's okay for us to be us. Today on Dude Soup. You definitely weren't looking yeah, at the right camera. Yeah, you were looking at the other camera. <laughs> but that's part of your charm. Yeah. You're weird, guy, <laughs> and it's okay. It's we also an it. audio podcast, so for visual uh, viewers, I'm bad at looking at cameras. So, uh, Welcome to the show, everyone. Today's sponsors include Bespoke, Fleur, and Magic the Gathering Arena. We'll be hearing more from them later. But first, I'd like to introduce all my guests. Alana Pierce, hello. Hi, what's up? Elise Mullins, hello. Hey, looking at the and, wrong camera, but the right one now. Mm-hmm. And our guest today, Felicia Day. Hello. Hey, hello, thank you for coming. Hello, hello. Hi, um, you? For those who don't know uh, who Felicia Day is, um, <clears throat> you've probably <clears throat> accidentally seen her in uh, many things. Uh, the internet famous show, The Guild, Dr. Horrible, sing-along blog, Buff Vampire Slayer, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, Guild Wars 2, Fallout, New Vegas, Dragon Age 2. The list goes on and on of things that people may have stumbled upon. Or I love Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2, Zoja, very underrated character. You very also good day, had a live action uh, little spinoff for that too, right? Uh, no, that was Dragon Age. I'm sorry, that was Dragon, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Age. Right. I, I did, I wrote a character in Dragon Age and we did a, a web series and then they put my character in a DLC. That's Which right, they have not done again, right. so it's just cool. Yeah. Or maybe it was, a, they just didn't want to do it again. That's the first ever. <laughs> it's too hot. It didn't go well. Yeah. Like, it oh, was do that again. way too much to do on the budget, I will tell you. Low budget <laughs> filmmaking should not be making fantasy from scratch, yeah. but we did a good job. Yeah, no, I remember, I think I was... I was working at Machinima at the time. Oh, yeah, they premiered it. They were the it. ones hosting it. That's yeah. why you can't find it anymore now, because they went under. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Funny R. enough, um, because of how corporate takeovers and other things work, um, we are part of the company that now owns the remnant I of Machinima. I knew that. Really I, so weird. maybe Rooster Teeth will surface the thing that I almost killed myself over. Or like, you almost put it back. Yourself? Oh, for sure. Like, trying to make that. We've we been trying to make an hour kind of pilot, TV pilot, for, like, very little money. I can't say how much, but it was a probably a 20th of what a ga- an episode of Game of Thrones is. So it was hard. It was too much. Game of Thrones is hard. a big budget, though. Yeah, but the average television show is probably like three to $5 million if you're doing like a An episode? Fantasy, and a fantasy show, Okay, for yeah, sure. that makes sense. Even yeah. even comedies, though, because those people make oh, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, it's mm. millions of dollars, guys. Yeah. So, so what you're getting right now is a bargain. <laughs> well, you're, you're mm. in an interesting world because you have an online life, you have a Hollywood life, you have a book life, uh, many other things that we'll talk about. But... Is that, how does that go about, you were just talking about you're pitching shows and you're constantly working, you're a producer, you're a writer, you're all these things that um, are very well respected in this industry. But um, how do you straddle that line going between those two? Uh, it's not good. It's not like anybody in Hollywood is like really like, wow, you do webs, you know, web stuff. That's, I honor that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next generation. How did you it's get amazing. into that? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I just, I basically take, take the weird path. I take the odd path. They'll, they'll probably less famous, rich path, but that's okay. Cause I'd rather do just whatever is in front of me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really like being, you know, closer to my audience than traditional TV and film have you be. Um, so I do do, I do a lot of television as an actor. I'm starting to produce more television, but it's always the stuff on the web or the stuff where you're just kind of can get face to face with people that I really like the most. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you mentioned in your uh, memoir, which I I read, start, I started. Uh, this yeah, you week. mistakenly started. Is <laughs> well, that the, like tell us your story? Show the well, real one. Yeah. No, I guess here's the real book I, yes. I wrote. It's called "You're Never uh, Embrace Your Weird, Face Your Fears, and Unleash Creativity." Right. And then it, I my old book, my other book was a memoir three years ago, which is called "You're Never Weird on the Internet." Almost, almost. a memoir. So I saw the word, the keyword being weird. So my but brain that's is, not even in the. But frankly, my mind can't comprehend how anyone human could. Write two books. What? I've been yeah. trying to write one book. Yeah. You have to for read like my book. Five years. Yeah. This I is have the like book. five different. We had a conversation about this yesterday. I'm like, how do people finish books? Yeah. There's a whole methodology. You just go. I mean, I'm not trying to sell like a. Here's a packet. We're doing no. I mean, it's just <laughs> that's why I wrote this book because I people read my uh, memoir and they were like, oh, I'm inspired by what you did because I just started making videos in my garage and that's where I why I'm I'm here today. Um, but uh, is there? Or it's just kicked yeah. in. But you'll, you'll be thankful for it later. Yeah. Oh, no, it I'm gets fine. real hot in here. I'm fine. And then so people would come up to me and be like, hey, I started creating because of you. And I oh. got help for my anxiety because of you. And I was like, wow, this is actually good for the world. I should probably do this again. And after I had a baby, I had some time off. And I was like, oh, I don't know who I am anymore. So let's just rebuild myself and do some character building and write a book at the same yeah, time. So. So how many years between your first memoir and then this one? Um, well, I started writing this one a year ago. So it took okay. about a year to complete. So it was like two years between. And so this one is an interactive book. So if you read oh. it, 
Um, right. It has exercises in it, and you get to Ooh. like fill them out and draw and like mess the book up. Hopefully, some Any, people like, are choose like your own cool. adventures. Uh, no, are- but just like you know, what kind of person you are, like yeah. circle the ones that you like. Uh, draw a weird, uh, creepy unicorn. You know, like things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the question: What actor plays you in there? What actor plays you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always go Anna Kendrick. Oh yeah, I would say that. Yeah. She's the only person I can think She's of. She's short though. Damn it. Super short. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> no, but as Iago. You, you do a good Kira Knightley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah, not yeah, the other yeah, way around. Emma Stone. I see Emma Stone. Really? Really oh easily. Gosh, oh, I could see that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway, about my book. So, <laughs> anyway, shots. Don't talk about yourself. Kathy Griffin. Yeah. No, I mean. No. Do you, I was going to ask, do you feel like there's, there's stuff that you put in your last book that like in writing this one, you're like, I can feel completely different now about that. Like you and. I mean, I think. We all are artists inside, and the more art we make, the more we can move through who we are. Like, we can become somebody new. Like, every time you finish something, that's the thing about the book. It's like, you know, there's a whole section on kind of building your hair. It's very video gamesy underneath, so any gamers are going to probably appreciate it. Um, it's kind of like building your character and perfecting your stats and figuring out, like, your class, which is, like, what kind of creativity you want to do in the world. Your, who you are. Exactly. And taking down all the enemies that get in your way, like procrastination or fear of failure or jealousy or whatever those things. And then, like, basically training how to play, you know, mm-hmm. and be grateful. That's and then, super endearing. I like yeah. that. And then your quests. And the quest is finish things because it's really important. Once you finish something, you know more about yourself than you did before. So your book will help me finish my book. Uh, yeah, I guarantee me. you that. Because <laughs> it is literally subliminally written to myself because mm. I have 15 writ- half-written screenplays. <laughs> so hard. How do it you, is hard. Well, how do you how do you find that uh, inspiration that like to push on? I think a lot of issues we have with is definitely writer's block or uh, finishing something that we start. Confidence, so self-confidence. Yeah. You, like you start something and then you eat away at yourself like this isn't any good. Yeah, that's exactly what I talk about a lot in here. And yeah, it's really too hard. Um, I mean, my be- my best advice is um, you have to look at those things that spring up as something that you have the power to overcome, right? Mm-hmm. You just feel empowered. And so for especially things like um, losing confidence, you I think it's because we're smart and we're like five steps ahead and we're thinking about how people will receive something. Versus like being in the moment and just making something fun and having uh, a good time, even if you know you're writing crap. We were so, talking about that yesterday. How yeah. the girl who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey managed to finish several books and I can't finish oh, one. Oh yeah, just blindfolded. Like, ah! Because she enjoyed the process yeah. and she yeah. probably didn't have an end result in mind. She was just going to write it as fanfic, yeah. right? She wanted to please like 10 people who she knew would get what she was excited about. It's something I do a lot, which I know is crippling, where I think about like this person, uh, you know, when I finish this, this person I know whose opinion I respect is going to read this Stop or it. just general populace is going to read mm-hmm. it and it like yeah. yeah, it chips away at you. You have to be in the moment. You have to be willing to be really, really bad to get to the end. And then once you get there, you can go back and fix everything. I yeah. mean, literally, you so know. People say, what is it, right drunk, edit sober? I feel like that probably <laughs> would work but encourages alcoholism. Yeah. So. Stephen King did it with, you know. Drunk. But yeah, I think that's one of those uh, definitely hurdles people talk about is getting over being your own worst critic and um, time. I feel yeah. like that's one, that, especially for you. I imagine you're super busy in your life where everyone, everyone, no matter what they do, I think they will say their biggest issue is time. Yeah. No we were talking what. before we started the podcast about that. Yeah. We, we just, I just, we have no time to do anything. I, I, right. I need all to play all the video games. I need to watch <laughs> all the TV. I don't have time for it anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, part, part of the journey of reading, writing this book was I had a baby a couple of years ago and like, I just did it because I was like, oh, this seems like I should do something like here. Like my uterus isn't working. <laughs> I'm going to make this work, you guys. And so I got like kind of stubborn about have it. a kid. Yeah. And then was, I'll finish a book. Exactly. No, you will probably, uh, I mean, I will. <laughs> Um, and I really kind of had this identity crisis where I'm like, I am known for like consuming all this stuff and this is part of my identity and I feel very, uh, you know, attached to playing seven hours of video games on the weekend and yet I can't do this anymore because this child needs to eat and survive and actually flourish. And so, you know, I think I had to reevaluate and cut off um, areas and this is part of the book too. It's just like, yes, it's important. You have to know that it's important to create every day in some little way. And what can you get rid of that in your life is not necessary that you're doing because it's in front of you or it's expected of you or, you know, you're just not maybe organizing your time. So um, you'd be surprised about the things I've gotten rid of, which many projects. I left my company. I did a lot of things differently. And you, it was hard to leave those things behind. But when I did them, I realized, oh, the core of those things I was doing wasn't really part of my heart anyway. I was just mm. doing them to do them. So Out of a Judy or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You just kind of get on. We all get on like a path and we're just like doing something the same way for years. And you just don't mm. think about it, right? I mean, I definitely get a, a weird guilt if I don't play enough video games in a week. 
like a weird identity guilt where I'm like, I haven't consumed enough of this thing that everyone's talking about. It's probably from years of being in games media, but it's still like yeah. a weird thing where I'm like, I haven't played enough Borderlands 3. I'm a fraud. Yeah. It's, such a it's weird... like also like being a woman where people are like, if you don't play these probably, games, like, they're Because people be like, are always going to grill you on it and be like, yeah. you didn't play that. So yeah. Like that happens too, but it is, a, it is a weird thing where sometimes I'll find myself playing something I don't even particularly like because I want to be informed on it. I'm like, it's yeah. a waste of my time. Yeah, it is a waste of your time. It's like that's one to... thing you probably shouldn't do. Like yeah. I don't, I, I decided a couple years ago, I'm like, I don't like to be hunted in video games. I'm sorry. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm too high strung. And mm -hmm. so I'm the I, same way. I just I, don't I, like I it. so stressed. I don't want it. I don't want yeah. it in my life. I, it was a hard enough time to carry that baby. Like it would, babies would not stick. And I'm like, it could have been like, fall, I'm playing too much Fallout or whatever, Fallout 4 or like <laughs> Halo or whatever. Uh, probably not. I'm not saying that I had a miscarriage because of my baby, <laughs> but because of playing too many FPS. Okay. <laughs> For the record. But anyway, um, I'm a high stressed individual and I'm just at a certain point, I'm like, I'm going to release myself from having to play these video games because I feel like I need, I owe it to yeah, somebody to yeah. show them I do this. I'm sorry. I don't, that's the, that's not, that's a reverse of empowerment. That but, means I'm tailoring my life to please somebody else's perception of how they're going to grade me as a gamer. I'm sorry. Whatever game I play, it makes me a gamer, so. That's how I used to feel about games a lot. And I think the older you get, like, the older I've gotten to, you just give less shits about, like, year after year, mm -hmm. you give less shits about what everyone else thinks of you, which is a great and freeing thing. But especially with games, I used to feel like, well, I have to, be informed, like you're saying, be informed to play this game because it's it's legitimate. It's legitimate, but in my heart, like I really, I really love stories based games. I really love puzzle games. Yeah, that's and what I play. I only it, play Assassin's it, Creed and like dicey dungeons. I've been obsessed yeah. with, and I'm just like, screw it. It's yeah. our time. We have very few minutes on and, this earth. And like there's stuff like Border, like I started Borderlands three the other night, and I'm like, yeah, I do enjoy this, but I'm gonna play it at my speed. At your speed, yeah. yeah. Do it and. That's why when I did WoW Classic, I mean, like my show, The Guild, was about WoW players. And I, I loaded it back up and then I started playing. And I was just like, oh, I know how much work this will take to get me a mount. I yeah. don't have the time. I don't have the time right now. I didn't start it because I get really addicted to MMOs. And it's like, I can't, I oh, can't yeah. take that blow right now. And then I oh, started yeah. playing Minecraft again. And here I am. It's all <laughs> I can think about. It's all I can think about. We were, we were talking about that earlier today. There's so many good things coming out <clears throat> soon. Um, Outer Worlds is one oh, I'm yeah. super excited about. I really want to play that. Uh, Control DLC is other stuff. But like uh, Last of Us 2's trailer just came out. In and February, they, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And then they announced that the remaster for PS4 is coming to PlayStation Plus. And I was like, oh, I never played the remaster. Maybe I, no. No. I should yeah. not play replay. Mansion 3. I'm, It'll be so delightful. I started Link's Awakening, which Concrete I never played Genie. on Game Boy. And I, was that? Concrete Genie. It's another game that's coming out really oh, soon. Man. I think yeah. it's adorable. Someone sent me that, I think. Um, it the, looks delightful. The Star Wars game, the Jedi Fallen Order, looks pretty cool. I don't, there's Ghost Recon is pretty, I mean, the co-op is really fun. Yeah. We're, we're lucky in this job that sometimes we have, like, uh, paid, like, work campaigns and stuff where they're like, like, hey guys, we're doing a sales review for Ghost Recon. We're like, oh darn. I know, it's just like, I did yeah. I did a, that's how, well, I, I had played it before, but then I really got into it because I did like a branded video. And mm -hmm. first of all, I love making videos. It's like, thank God I get to make a video again. And then I was like, hey, this is, I only wish they did a Ghost Recon just like that, but in a fantasy world. Like Assassin's oh. Creed in Ghost Recon mm -hmm. would be like the best. Cause then I could kill, I don't really like killing other real humans, but if I'm killing an orc or like maybe a, a human who, is from another like weird, you know, or an evil cardinal, an evil cardinal, <laughs> exactly, or an ogre, exactly. Then I'm like, I'm great because I love Assassin's Creed Origins so much. It's that so game's great. great. It's so good. Everyone says that. I've been playing I'm, the DLC. I got burned so out on Syndicate. Are you Odyssey but... or Origins? I mean, uh, uh, Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, sorry. What's the girl's name? Cassandra. She's the best. She's literally. She's the just best. the best. I, I don't want to ever play really another. Good. I know. And then I romance everybody, but they don't have enough. Like the guy romances are real lukewarm. So then it's just you're playing this hot lesbian and it's just amazing. <laughs> there was one quest where a guy couldn't satisfy satisfy his wife anymore. And he was like, you want to have sex with her? And Cassandra's like, all yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, excellent. <laughs> Let's do it. On that note, I'd like to remind our viewers and listeners that this podcast is brought to you by Bespoke. When you're constantly on the go, grinding away at the office or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or your apartment, your house, any sort of hovel that you choose to live in. So enter the box of awesome from Bespoke Post. They'll do the work for you to find quality, unique products to deliver every month. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer just a couple of questions about your interests and the kinds of things you want to upgrade your lifestyle. So whether you're in search of the perfect drink or a well-kept pad, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. That's a hell of a motto. So every month you'll receive details on your upcoming box and 
From there, you can change color, sizes, add extras, or even just skip that whole thing if you're just not feeling it. So Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern person. So if you want to receive 20% off your subscription, go to boxofawesome.com and enter DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DUDE for 20% off your first box. Bespoke Posts, theme boxes for guys who give a damn. I give a damn. Thank you, Bespoke. Did Box of, of Segue? Awesome. <laughs> box of Awesomeness? Is that mm. what? No, I'm just. I, my box in, being. My maternal clock is going off that we have to do an ad <laughs> okay. uh, Sorry, that was. I know that was. I feel bad for cutting into you <clears> right it's, there. Uh, but, it's, um, the, it's the whole podcast. So yes. it's what we do. Doesn't matter. Yeah, so yeah. many ads. Uh, so thank you, Bespoke, for sponsoring this podcast. We're back talking about all things video games, movies, all sorts of books. I know. Right, reading hard. I love reading. <laughs> I do yeah, too. Yeah, I'm uh, finally <laughs> on the more. seventh book of the Wheel of Time series. Oh, oh Robert Jordan. Very proud to this announce. The last one? Or seventh? There's, seventh. No, no, no. There yeah. are 13. So many more to go. <laughs> but he, uh, he made it died, to seven right? after three years. He, he died and Brandon Sanderson finished That's, it. And I started yeah. reading it because I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan. He's amazing. And his yeah. son also worked on it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of, a, seven. kind of a doom huge step for me. thing going on there. But. I used to reread every Robert Jordan book before the, the next one came out. Like, nope. I was obsessive. I was, I was obsessive because I was reading them. Like, I think I got, like, the first three or four. And then starting at age 14, I would just, like, every every time a new one come out, I'd just read all of them. And then four, at a certain point— five, and six. There's so, so much nothing in the middle. And I'm finally out of yeah. the hump. Everyone says it's bad, and seven has been pretty good so far. Yeah, seven's really good. But the start and the end of every single is book Heavens is, like— Heavens is six, right? Oh. Fire Heavens. Yes, know. that was that was when it started to pick up again. Yeah. I like that one. Do you yeah. remember having time in life to reread a book? I know. Like okay. No, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. People rewatch TV shows or video games. I'm like, how do you? What do you? People will be like, do I just rebinge Supernatural. Just, I'm like, that's a lifetime. Yeah, that is a lifetime. <laughs> I, it's not do? even done. Yet, yeah, right. No, it's, I don't it's watch a lot of TV years, because it makes me feel guilty. I have this weird thing where if I'm watching TV, I feel bad because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I can't unless watch I'm TV unless proactive. I'm with friends yeah. or That's with That's a gamer thing, right? Because I don't I think really... think so, you don't have a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, you're not feeling like yeah. you're... I mean, you're really not accomplishing anything, right? But you yeah. feel like it? When I play a game, I always feel like I'm doing something productive. When I watch TV, I, I can't do it because hmm. it makes me feel bad. Like, yeah. I'll be like, I'm not accomplishing anything, right? I would rather my baby play Mario Kart than, like, watch television. Like, when she gets older. It probably mm-hmm. activates more things in your right? brain. Right? supposed mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Doing, yeah. yeah. It's less of a veg- vegetative... Uh, state, I guess. But like, yeah. I was always guilted playing games as a kid. So that's why I have that yeah. internal thing of like, you're wasting time. Games are rotting your brain. Mm. It's yeah. literal. Yeah. I'm the same, I am the exact same way too. My it, parents introduced me to video games because my mom found these like math games. <gasps> math so, Blasters? Maybe. Oh. I don't remember what it was. It, all I know is that there was this character who would say, we like our eggs scrambled. And I remember that really distinctly. <laughs> Don't know that what it is. some weird Australian. Some math bullshit. Have you ever met Mavis Beacon? <laughs> Mario teaches typing. Maybe, Ooh. I don't know. But I, I think like because of that, my relationship with video games was educational from the get-go. Yeah, me too. That That's how my mom, around. I was homeschooled and my mom was like, here, you guys will educate yourselves. Go at it. And they were yeah. like, yeah, we're going to play all the RPGs we could get our hands on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Educational. That's, ours was always, I had a weird uh, psychological raising because it was like, hey, we bought you a PlayStation. You're going to enjoy it. And they're like, your grades are getting bad. Take it away. And I was like, <gasps> But that, I don't Again, think that's what's Again, I had the opposite. When my parents yeah. were like, you finish your homework, now you're allowed to play a Nintendo oh, 64. Oh. So I, it, it was used as a reward. It was like a drug time. habit for me. I would have to sneak a console into my bedroom what? at night. I, I bought some third party. Why did they buy you one? Well, I had to borrow from a friend. What? I, I had a friend who modded Xboxes and stuff. That's mm. how I played through Halo 2 was I had to hide it in a drawer. And look what you did oh, yeah. with your life. See, this is my point. So, <laughs> like my daughter, like I'm trying not to be like, I'm, I really have a problem with, I'm not a big Disney fan. I'm not really into, she isn't watching TV yet. And she, I try to do gender neutral. Everything's gender neutral. But then I deprived her of pink for so long. When she turned two, she's like, my favorite color is pink. Oh. I'm like, uh-oh, I got to game the system. So I give her just enough pink so it's not exotic because then she's going to grow up into like some pink princess. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'll love you then anyway. But <laughs> I have to game the system because the mm. minute you take everything away, like my friends who never had sugar as a kid, they're like just literally live on Reese's cups and stuff like that. That's like me as an adult because McDonald's and stuff like fast food was such a treat for me when I was a kid yeah. that as an adult I'm like I can get McDonald's whatever I want <laughs> and video games like yeah we had to always borrow and mm-hmm. hide everything and it was like yeah, but now, contraband now it's, but yeah it's this weird sort of gypsy curse where it's like we are now 
uh, sorry, like thinner, you know, <laughs> where it's like, we, you video yeah, game. I will give you what you want. It's like, you know, working a job that is surrounded mm-hmm. by video games, but you never have time to play them. No. And I was like, and sometimes you're so job. tired of looking at a video game. You just want to go home and look at a penis. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, lot, I, yeah. honestly, I, I want like, <clears throat> I want nothing more to play stuff, but then also games today are, um, they're in this sort of like games of service cycle now. So I went home yesterday. I had a couple hours. I played Overwatch. Why am I playing Overwatch? Yeah. It's because they have loot boxes. And I want to get skins for my giant oh. gorilla man, but it's just like I played Abzu last night. Oh, the game's beautiful. No. You played Abzu? No. It seems like an Elise game. It's, <laughs> what is it? It always sounds so Am derogatory. Really? Yeah. What is it? I don't know you, uh, but it gets Abzu. thrown around this office a lot. <laughs> it was a PlayStation Four exclusive originally. It's now an Xbox Game Pass, but it's basically like just this beautiful, peaceful underwater adventure where you uh, find these yeah. statues that you sit on and you meditate, and you can sounds like amazing. jump on the side of a fish and like it's just exploring this underwater. It's scored by Austin Wintery, so yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, wow. Oh, what did he do? Uh, uh, something he, Did he do? He, s- he did Child of Light, saga. right? Alex, he did I Journey. Did, I did a couple yeah, of things okay. with him. Journey, I did like, like some, Oh, and you know what? I did a I Mars Rover a thing. I did like a spoken oh. word symphony that he did. He's so talented. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's His great. He's great. Yeah. I, I'm playing Jenny LeClue, Detective Who, <gasps> which I've been waiting for for a long time. <laughs> I have wanted to play. Is, is it worth it? I really like it, but I also, again, like very like slow paced puzzles. It's not it's an just, insult. <laughs> it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Night in the Woods a little okay. bit at oh, first, yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's so beautiful looking and it's, it's like just very warm-hearted in its humor and its writing, mm-hmm. and I, I, I enjoy it. I, it's one of the things, actually, I adore about Elise and Alana and Lawrence and everyone who works at our little company here, because everyone brings something different. Mm-hmm. So uh, you brought in, I, we would have never played that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft game, Sinking City. Yeah, we would have. I don't think so. I think because you love those Sherlock games, you brought that in and we had a good time playing it. And then Alana has this weird obsession with Deadly Premonition. I don't know if you've ever played that no, game. No, no, no. Best it, game ever made. It's not, but that's... <laughs> it's, it's, Ow, it's, ouch. It's, it's I, mean, I don't do anything scary. It's a fun time, I, especially when you're playing with other people. Is it not scary? It's a Japanese What's... interpretation of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I've heard of this. It's yeah. supposed to be incredible. It is. Yes, <laughs> it right. is incredible. It's, I have it, it in my queue. I think I downloaded it. I just have not. I think it's good, bad. I really, I enjoy the camp of it. I think it's silly. I mean, no, it's bad. Like, it's janky and it's made poorly in a lot of ways, but it is... It's a good game. I, I feel like it's the uh, original Until Dawn. And then if you play it with people and you get really invested in this murder and like mm-hmm. who's done it and there's all these weird fucking characters that you can't understand, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get really engrossed in. But if oh. you only pay attention to how bad the combat is, then... Oh, no, I'm, I, the combat's nothing. I mean, it's the, terrible. We're also playing the director's cut where they make it super easy and you mm-hmm. just... Yeah. Kind of walk through. Yeah, because obviously they wanted it to be more of a narrative story-driven show. But I, just, I love that there's this character who plays York who's supposed to be a Kyle MacLachlan-type character who's constantly talking to a voice in his head named Zach and yep. we're trying to figure out who Zach is. You'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> keep playing the game, Adam. I do want to keep playing to you find out. You need to get out. in there but there's not enough time. No. I mean, I, whatever hooks you, like to me, it's just, I mean, I haven't played the Goose game but I feel like I would yeah. play that I really do want to play that. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a fun yeah. stealth fun. puzzle game. Yeah. yeah. It's you fairly got short. But. I did because I that Gardener. <laughs> gardener? Was it creepy? I was playing no, as the no, goose no. and I was trying to collect all my items for the picnic at hand and then the gardener caught on to me so then he broke down my entire picnic. So like it's <gasps> this, this kind of thing where it's an exercise in futility. Oh no, so, no. Like, one, I don't like that. One, you know, mistake can then crumble mm. your entire goose em- empire and... That's a, t- that's a really ruthless kind of uh, situation. Gooseless. Kind of Anne Randy. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, it uh, it's delightful. It yeah. is fun though. Yeah, I saw on your channel you're playing uh, Divinity Original Sin two. I was for a that, while. That was I mean, the, I that was the last thing that, so that, no 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 deep oh, dived into or for for my oh on my YouTube channel. Did you see it on YouTube? Channel. Yeah, I haven't been up there. No, I I stream weekly on Twitch on oh, Saturday okay. nights because I'm that cool. Um, so Saturday nights I'm playing <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I've been doing the Elysium. Elysium? I don't know the the. DLC. One of the DLCs, and then I, I played Dicey Dungeon last week, which I I love puzzle games, and I love kind of like board game uh, what is video Dicey games Dungeon? hybrid. I heard of that it's like a strategy board game video game hybrid where you play dice, but then it's like your verses, and it's very like you have to know math to be able to do it. I have a math degree, and I'm like, oh, I haven't used these skills at all. <laughs> but like all the different dice have different have, um, but it, it's just such good strategy. It's very deep, mm-hmm. complicated strategy, and it looks like a fun little puzzle game, but it actually has some depth and challenge to it. That's And it's a roguelike, so you get as far as you can, Got and it. then you die. But then they have all mm-hmm. these different classes that have different abilities, so every single uh, little dice has a different way of fighting. 
and a different kind of, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's so, so good. Is the guy who did VVVVVV? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, you actually said all the Vs. Is that all of them? I just kind of say a bunch of I feel like you either say too few or too many. It's five, right? I think it's five. We had the game in an award show one time. So good. We just went like, V. sit on a washing machine. I will. Speaking of board games, actually, are there any board games you'd actually recommend? Because we have a board game show that we play. And I know Geek and Sundry, you pioneered a lot of that stuff. That was my company, yeah. Yeah, which... Holy crap, uh, Critical Role. I know. I, can you can you believe it? <laughs> I can believe it because yeah. people were telling me, nobody's going to want to watch people play D&D live. And I'm like, that's what they told me about tabletop. That's what we told me about the guild. Like everything <clears throat> that is... Uh, Remember yeah. when they told Walt Disney that nobody would watch cartoons? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm comparing myself to Walt Disney. You're basically Walt Disney. I I basically, yeah, sure. We'll splice the audio together. No one's going to buy those Star Wars toys. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's how we got all the merchandising rights. They gave them up, you know, because nobody's going to care about the merchandising for Star Wars and then billions of dollars later. Mm -hmm. No, um, I mean, I'm just, I I am just, I gave them a platform and Mm. because I knew my friend Ashley played with D&D people and I was like, oh, they'll be great. Let's put them on because I couldn't be on the show myself. And like, but you know, it was, it was years. They, they got built up and then, you know, we tried to get the TV show made, and thank God they did the Kickstarter because now they could just do their own TV show. It is just crazy how much that has blown up. I guess it's, yeah. we've all, I guess, mostly been in this sort of industry and just seeing the evolution of it. It's, it's really weird to see that people are doing deep dives on YouTubers from like 10 years ago that are still sort of around. Like, here's the history of this. And like, yeah, the history. Hey, there's a history. People, I mean, so many fans will be like, I've grown up on your content. I'm like, Bleh. but then <laughs> I do that too. Know, I'm like, oh God, I swear so much. If you're like 12 <laughs> oh, no. years old and you, I've been making stuff for 12 years almost, like that's a whole lifetime. Yeah. It's really weird. So sometimes someone will come up to us and they'll be like, I've been watching you since high school. And I'm like, I, have, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how old you are. I have no frame of reference. Yeah. You I might could be have been, 17. Yeah. You might be 46. <laughs> Is that a I'm day unsure. ago? I don't know. But yeah. I think people also, the concept of time has changed. Like, I think people think that you know, they watch you for a year and it feels like three. And yeah, it, that's and true. And it isn't, too. Yeah, we make daily content. It's, yeah. Daily oh, content. People that's seeing us every day. Absolutely. It's pretty because wild. Because people will tell us, like, oh, I, I've watched you for five years. And we're like, have Funhouse has not. I mean, you guys did Inside Gaming, but I'm like... I've only worked here for four. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. but you were still doing mandatory update and yeah. game trailers for no years. No one watched and- that. <laughs> I mean, you have a different relationship with people who are, I think, on the internet. It's a more like, hey, what's up? Versus like, oh my God, it's you. Oh, it's yeah. like, hey, you look good. You look a little tired today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Smile. That, that's, Get that a lot. That's one thing I think we noticed sort of being in this industry is if you're some, so this is it's a, it's more of a question for you because you are on both sides of it. But like when you're on the internet, typically people go, hey, Elise, how are you? How's Benson, your dog? Yes, how was yeah. this thing that you did? But then if you play a character on television, it's usually what, like, hey, Xena, um, when, it's like, no, I'm Lucy Lawless, but it's like, no, like, <laughs> when, when are, are you and Atelicus still going to get back together? This is a dated reference. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to it's think It's really deep, yeah. man. That is a deep one. <laughs> I'm trying to think where someone is uh, approached as their character and then they're just yeah. like, I'm I'm a person. I think actors get that a lot yeah. where people think that they are their character and then they're shocked when they're not. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, I think I've get, had... You probably get both of it, right? Yeah, and I, I, you know, all the roles that I've had in my career have been kind of built out of defining myself on the internet. So, mm. you know, I was very much a female in the geeky space and that was very pioneering at the time. It was a little more exotic. And a lot of showrunners who were geeks were like, oh, that's cool, let's use that on TV. Mm. And so the roles that I played on like all these TV shows, including Supernatural and Eureka and all these other shows that I, it's very close, like three steps away from who I am. So it kind of still has that feel that I'm still myself, but just as a, as an actor. So it, people aren't like mistaking me. I think if you met an actor, you never knew about them and then you only know them as like, you know, Charlie on Supernatural. People can get that a little bit more blurred. But since people knew me as a personality before I became these, you know, they did these roles, it's a little more like, hey, great job in there. So how does Jensen smell? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's a benefit to you? Um, no, not as far as like working more in the industry. No, mm-hmm. because people really, I bring a lot of reputation with me because people know me as Felicia Day. It'd be hard to not typecast you as Felicia Day. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it is very tough to convince somebody. And then also on the flip side of that, you know, my opportunities in my career has been more hosting, but I really am an uncomfortable host. Like I do not have it together. I don't read a teleprompter well. I admire anybody who hosts because it is like, you have to have kind of nerves of steel to get through those like, oh my gosh, my earpiece is, you know, messing up. All that live stuff is just very not good for my constitution. So I like, shun that a lot thinking that if I just said no to that 
I would get more acting roles than like, basically if I get an acting role, it's very similar to who I am, which is fine. Mm. But yeah, it is an, as an artist, like if you're just, that's why I think a lot of serious actors aren't on social media because they really don't want that illusion. They want to be able to be anybody. And then if yeah. you people really get to know you as a person, they kind of have a fixed idea of you and it's harder yeah. to stretch. So, and I bet when you like go to conventions and stuff, it's like people know you as Felicia Day, not yeah. like, or as an actor, they're like, oh, this is this character from this exactly, show. Exactly. Cause they're only going for that one show yeah. usually. And I have 15 shows, you know, all my, you know, the pictures that I've done. Yeah. It's like Dr. Horrible, like a set of things. And then also the things I've produced and the books that I write and things like that. So I feel like I've gotten the career that I wanted because of, you know, Sometimes intellectually you're like, I should be here. But then obviously my actions have led me to here. So maybe that I shouldn't just fight it and I should just embrace who I am. And that's kind of back of my book. (laughs) Jack Nicholson said he doesn't do talk shows and stuff because he wanted people to be absolutely convinced he is whoever he's playing. Yeah, that's interesting. That exact same line. Kristen Wiig is like, she doesn't have social media. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, Yeah, so I think it's definitely a choice. It's just, I kind of like being, I like like being on the internet. I like being a click away. I like doing a, random live stream I like talking about whatever I want to talk about so hey as long as I could do it I think it's different when you come up in that world and then you're introduced to like sort of the Hollywood lifestyle we just Mm -hmm. did a whole podcast uh, last week about uh, comics having to deal with online people coming after them for their sets and they're like whoa whoa, I'm not used to this (laughs) yeah 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 because you're used to going to clubs and dealing with hecklers or a critic or something like that, but now or it's... Or even doing it for like 20 years and yeah. now you've moved into the internet age. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was you didn't little, ask for it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It was really surprising when like Conan started a Twitter account. I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go, but it's just yeah. jokes. It's, yeah, his are, yeah. are well, pretty... OJ Simpson's got a Twitter ones. account. Oh my gosh. Oh. So there's that too. Well, that's serving. Well, <laughs> but also purpose. comics are more personality based anyway. I mean, there's kind of like a version of stand-up comedy of the what, you know, we do. Like it's, mm-hmm. we are personality. We're defining... We're kind of ourselves. It's just they're in a more formatted, like, joke-based thing. But even if you look at Hannah Gadsby or whatever, her special, it's yeah. not really— It's not stand-up, It's really. storytelling not slash— Yeah, which I love. I want mm. to actually do more of that. I want to, like, develop something like that for myself because I'm like, well, that kind of is the hybrid— You know, take it stand-up. The, the, the pure joke world doesn't work for me, you know, but I like that idea that you can kind of combine narrative and yeah. jokes and just be on stage and just be this person because, like, there's a freedom in that. You're just being yourself, right? Yeah, there's a lot of stand-up more recently that's like a TED talk with jokes in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was watching Nanette, like Hannah Gadsby special, I was like, I'm not not like laughing out loud at this or feeling like these are like awesome jokes, but I'm really enjoying this. Be entertained. It's relatable. Yeah. It's it's heartfelt. Like I'm thinking differently about the world. It's like a one woman show slash kind of stand-up, which I can't think is really cool. I'm trying to think of like. If you started on the internet and then went to TV and you left the internet, I feel like people would be really mad. They'd be like, oh, you left your fans. <laughs> yeah, this mm-hmm. is what made you, and right. now you're trying to think if there's anyone who has you done used that. used us. I mean, Lily. Yeah. No. I saw Ninja, who was on uh, that Masked Singer show. He did, but he's still very accessible on the internet. Yes. I'll say yeah. Lonely Island, maybe. I mean, like, Broad City, but they really yeah. didn't start as internet personalities. I, I, they just I would, did Childish Gambino? I was going to say Donald, Donald Glover, Glover because he did Derek Comedy. Derek Comedy, and yeah, then now true. he's not on social media really at all. And the, the other two guys from Derek Comedy, they still do improv at UCB mm. wow. all the time, like together and with different groups. I mean, know. I miss, you know, not having, I left my company a couple of years ago and like not just having my show co-opted to where I played games with my brother, you know, just mm-hmm. not having that. I, I do miss that sort of connection with people. I, I you know, even if it was like 100 or 200,000 people a week that would see me play with my brother, like that's something I don't have anymore. And just making videos is super fun because, mm-hmm. you know, I've developed a lot of television that nobody will see and sold <laughs> a lot of ideas that nobody yeah. will ever look at. And I'm just like, wow, is this better? I don't know. You know, just because YouTube sucks kind of right now doesn't mean that Hollywood doesn't suck just as bad. Yeah. It's just really what can I make and actually get to my audience? And it's kind of like this narrowing field right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, even on YouTube it is, for sure. Yeah, yeah. YouTube is just, I don't even go there to watch stuff anymore because it's just like the way that the algorithm just, just keeps trying to make crazy you all right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're just so committed that's, to it. That's just so hard. No, it's they always to, just... No, they want you to click the right alt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk about this because like, I don't ever feel like it's my personal goal to be like, I want to be big on YouTube or I want to have a huge TV show. I just want to make cool stuff and then whatever the best way to deliver that to people or the the way that I have access to deliver that to people, I want to do that. And right now, like YouTube, because I'm yeah. nobody and, you know, <laughs> everyone can be on YouTube. You're a somebody. But maybe Daily Motion, if I'm lucky. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Hey Vimeo, if you're listening. Yeah, no, but it, it's uh, sort of like what you what you have. And I, I kind of wonder for you, like, do you feel 
because you were a very much a self-made person where you made your own opportunities and pursued them. Do you feel like you're still doing that or now it's more coming to you? Oh, 100%. There's, I think the last couple of years, just writing this book, I wrote it because I was frustrated because I was kind of playing this, I was kind of caught in this Hollywood system of like, and then as, a, as an artist, if you have so many gatekeepers that you're trying to please to get your art out there, you start to betray yourself. You're like, okay, I need to game the system. What oh, yeah. will they like? And then it's like, do I even want to do that show? Do I even want to, do I like this idea? But you're trying to get so hard through the gatekeepers that you just start only pleasing them. And to me, I had to take a, take a step back and be like, you know what? This is not what I want to do with my life. Like, honestly, even if they did green light all these ideas, like I don't even like them. They don't like them because they're not authentic. I just want to tell my authentic stories. And that's why I wrote the book to really get back to who I am. And the process of it really helped me rebuild myself in a way that it's like, yeah, I just want to make things and reach the audience how I make it. And if it's just streaming on Twitch or it's like another book, or if it's like doing podcasts or whatever, like that, it will be much more satisfying for me as a person versus like, I need to play the system to get in with a click that I don't even think I fit into anyway. Cause for two decades, you know, like almost 20 years, like, you know, 17 years I've been in LA, like I've never been accepted there. You know, yeah. it's like, it's because I became kind of worked around the system. They kind of had to acknowledge me and some of the cool <laughs> writers like, we're like, oh, yes, I like her. Put her on the show. But, like, I'm never getting anything through no. an audition. And I don't know if, like, this, if you ever felt this way, but I do feel like when you're making stuff on YouTube or that's your origin, there's this wind, this cloud hanging over of you of, like, <clears throat> well, I'll never be legitimate as a creator unless I'm, like, in a feature or doing a feature yeah. or I'm doing TV. Like, this isn't, this isn't real. And that can be kind of, like, something that I know we try to shake ourselves out of that headspace. Yeah, because you, I mean, I think we're, I think, Everybody in Hollywood is always looking at something they think they'll make them happy. And I, I talk about this in my book a lot, you know? Like, if you're always just gazing over where you are, like, what are you doing? You're just literally walking blindly towards something you don't even know you can get. Or you'd be happy doing. I mean, in, in the book, I really talk about the process of creativity. And, like, a lot of us think we want to be creative in a certain way, um, but we don't do the work to do it, like, like, to get there. Like, it's really not, like, sometimes I would be like, I would love to be, a, you know, a star and get an Oscar. I'm like, what I really want to do the work of an actor who's in an Oscar movie mo winning movie yeah. and they're doing all this accent work. If you're Daniel like, Day-Lewis, you have to build a cabin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, do I want that? The side of the set. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, that's really what I want. That doesn't mean I can't be an actor, but it also helps me redefine who I am, right? Yeah. I think we kind of need to check ourselves on that stuff a lot, too. Yeah. like, to your point of, like, people wanting to be just a famous YouTuber or whatever. Whenever, whenever someone asks me how to get success on YouTube, I'm always like, don't think about it that way. Make the stuff you want to make. Make yeah. what you like making. Don't think, I'm going to be the next PewDiePie because everyone can see through that. They'll be yeah. like, you're just trying to get popular. What the hell is this shit? Like, yeah. it doesn't work. You're trying to follow it's, a formula that doesn't exist. It's never going to happen. Mm. Yeah, that's you have to I do it because you like it. Yeah, I talk about that. You, that's exactly the message of the book. Like, really figure out what do you want to incorporate in your life and, and as, as a creator and what, you know, how do you get it out there? It's not, you can't measure success by other people's approval of you. And that's kind of what the trap Again, it's Holly. I could trash Hollywood all I want, but there's the flip side of like the online world is like for many years when I launched Geek and Sundry, I, my self-worth was based on how many views we got on these mm. videos. And I'm just like, some of them were great. Some of them were not as well received. That doesn't mean that video was not great. I was, I'm proud of all the stuff that I had my hand in. You know, some things might've been, could have been better. We did our best, but to have my whole self-worth based on like how many thumbs up I'm getting or hearts on Instagram, like it's very, very toxic. And then again, it makes you kind of leave yourself. I really want Instagram to get rid of likes. Yeah, I do too. I, they Isn't have done it happening? in some countries. They like said in they're Canada, doing it. I think yeah. I'm like, that sounds amazing because yeah. like, I just always think about kids. Oh, children. Yeah. My, like, they're like, well, I have more likes than you. I can just see that happening and how awful that would be for people's sense of self-worth. Well, just it's insane. kind of the analogy. I, th I had this analogy that I kind of think about now with social media. It's like you're sitting in a car and you start to paper the windows with pictures of yourself on the outside so people think you look really awesome. But then eventually you're papered all the way over and no one can actually see who you are inside because mm -hmm. you're alone sitting in this car um, behind all these pretty pictures, but there's nothing real about that, right? Yeah. And so that's what I feel like. It's, it's great to have an audience, but you can't let it rule you and you can't let it rule your sense of self-worth and it, you can't let it make you create the thing that you think they'll like because that'll betray who you are in the first no, place. I straight up refuse. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, good for I you. I get a lot more engagement on Instagram if I did this, but I refuse. I know. I'm Do not I doing it. I need to just be like a top, you not know, doing it. hey, I'm in a tank top. Mm -hmm. Buy my taco. <laughs> Here's a puppy in a tank top and a taco. Hey, my username is Elise Tank Top at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to take your analogy a step further, you paper the windows, you can't see the road in you front of exactly. you. Exactly. Adam. Yeah, Adam. I'm not writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know that like for actors specifically, I always think about it must be crazy because everyone you know is your competition. Like in some yeah, cases. But you know, the, the weird thing is like I can go to an audition and there's seven redheads out there and you know, we're not the same person because our hair is the same color. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so everybody has an essence. And that's the great thing about acting is that you're rejected for truly who you are. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, your vibe and the way your voice speak. Uh, listen, I, oh, I you can, can be completely out of your control, which does seem a little completely. bit nicer. Like, yeah. I was too tall. Yeah. yeah. Or it's you, not, it's, you or think you it smell would be nice. real bad. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, on that note, I do want to talk about uh, your podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Talk, get that to in a second. Uh, first, I want to remind our listeners and viewers that this podcast is brought to you by Fleur. So, smelling good is just as important as looking and feeling good. In fact, I would argue, as I have before, that it is. More important, in fact, the most important, smell has been called one of the five major senses by very smart people in lab coats. And as a scientist, or at least a fan of them, I'm going to trust those people and what they have to say. So you better believe what they have to do because they have PhDs and I don't. Uh, that's why we are sponsored today by Fleur, who has one of my favorite scents, Greylock, which I've received uh, many positive comments on from passerbyers, people on the bus, subway, other forms of public transportation. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, Fleur makes great smelling, non-toxic perfumes. Unlike other fragrance com companies, they're transparent and they tell you every ingredient that's in their perfumes and why it's there. So you get a good scent made with clean ingredients and the sample process is just plain fun. Who doesn't like spraying lovely little sample smells on them and just saying like, oh, this is good. And if you don't like it, you're not going to buy it. That's the best part. You just run out and go, hee hee. Anyways, go to fleur.com slash dude soup today to check out our curated selections and get 20% off your first custom fleur sample set. That's fleur.com slash dude soup to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off at phlur.com slash dude soup. Thank you, Fleur. Uh, thank you, Fleur, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, so we're talking about all things Hollywood, acting. You said everyone's your enemy? Alana? Yeah, I get wow. the impression for like- I'm your enemy? Some actors, well, I'm not an actor, okay. but for some actors that I'm close to that people will be like, it's so hard knowing that every person who walks into that same room you could be friends with, but they're all your competition. Oh. It just seems like that would be exhausting because I don't feel that way in games I, media. I do know some like actors that they go to they go to like auditions and it's the same because they always get cat like cast in these mm -hmm. certain type roles. The same people. They have friends that they've oh, like sure. made because they. They. I have a lot of friends. Kate Bakuchi and Ray, uh, Ricky Lindholm are two actors. I used to audition with Kristen Bell a lot. I mean, there's a whole litany of Sarah Rue. You know, I have a whole category of. of slightly quirky women yeah. who I auditioned for it with since I came to town and it's like yeah, you become friends with them yeah. but, but the, the beauty of the internet is you can find those people and make something together like you did with your podcast Voyage of the Stars yes it's true so nice you, you call it a segue uh, I also hate hosting I'm terrible <laughs> no you aren't because uh, you're constantly dying inside going I need to figure out how to connect these <laughs> that's why uh, I don't moderate things I'm like I'm yeah, not interested yeah you're just sinking to the seat because you hate confrontation yeah been there um, but you're doing an improv podcast yeah. there's a narrative to it right? so it's a it's called Voyage to the Stars and it's an improv sci-fi pod uh, podcast so basically what we do is we get um, my friend Ryan Koppel created it. He actually ran my company Geek and Sundry for many, many years. So we've been old, old friends. I like picked him up off the internet because I liked the web series he made back in like 2008 or whatever. And um, so he and I have been close, close friends. We're business partners now. And last year he came to me with this project. So basically he writes a story outline for the episodes and we kind of know for each log, like, okay, you're going to be on the sh uh, bridge of the ship and like you're upset about the fact that you stole an alien from the, and then you're, uh, this other guy is going to try to get the alien and use experiments on him and then go. So we kind and then at the end, you guys are going to uh, like break apart and then you're going to get in the sh space shuttle and I'm just making a terrible example of it. But anyway, <laughs> so we have like loose story points, mm -hmm. right? And, and then we just go. Yeah. So all the dialogue is made up, but we kind of know, have the story narrative which is great because it's this weird hybrid of being secure, but also being able to like play versus like a lot of improv, you just meander and you're like, how am I on, on Mars? Like, you don't know how you get places, but the fact we know where we need to get, we could just make up stuff along the way. Yeah. It's very, very fun. And when I listen to the episodes back, which I was actually doing in the car today, I literally don't remember the words I say. <laughs> they just oh. come out of your mouth. Are the episodes and like, related? Like are you the same characters each time? Yeah, I'm the same okay. character. So it's me and Colton Dunn from Superstore. Um, oh, yeah. And Janet Varney. Yeah, I know. Rooster, yeah. Rooster Teeth's yeah. own laser teams. He did, yeah. yeah. And Janet Varney from Legend of Korra and I my did, friend. I did her like escape room show. She's on amazing. And I had I have been a big fan of hers from. Uh, oh, the escape that we did on Geeks Yeah, Day? You were yeah. in that. That's I, how I recognize I did, you. Yeah, I did the, the 
And well, and Amy Dallin, yes, who like I'm sure Amy you know, Dallin. she is like my old roommate. Like, what? We, yeah, and my husband and I, like, when oh we had a townhouse, like, Some small geek world. It's one of those weird things where, like, uh, obviously, like, we both were friends before we ever did anything on YouTube. But now, when I see like Amy do, I'm like, Amy's doing all this. Stuff. Oh yeah, like, she's always so, so busy. <laughs> yeah, she's I love her so much. Yeah, I want to get her on our board game show. You got to. She's good. Yeah, she's, she's good at comics too. Like she's she knows best. comics more than anybody I know. I but feel, I feel like I've been I've been talking to a few people about like narrative podcasts, and it seems to be which is basically just a radio play, which have existed <clears throat> for over a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. But like that seems to be where it's going. At some I think point. it's going to be going there, and then it's going to be saturated like web yeah. series, yep. and it's all going to collapse. I mean, podcasts in general right now, it's an oversized. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just funny that they're like, hey, podcasts are it's the thing to do right now. I was like, that, they said I that. didn't want to do a podcast five years ago, so I'm like, it's been done, guys. It's oh, saturated. Yeah. And I was like, damn it, Felicia. And now Conan's on for Variety. Yeah. He's, he's he had revolutionized, just like Queeby yeah. revolutionized short form narrative. It, it's it, it, kind of what you're talking about before earlier, though. It's like how YouTube has sort of become this pseudo wasteland sort of thing. But it's. It Creatively, I think it's a wasteland, right? I mean, I, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see people. I, I'm, I think it, it's, I have, I have many different thoughts on YouTube. Please, please feel free to chime in anytime. But like, it's it's weird how creative content can be dictated by just a few rule sets. Yeah. And we made a, a comment about that a while ago where I remember I saw someone who, I, I, I hate when someone feels forced to make a video of 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're like, I want to hit that third ad break. And I'm just like, that is creatively stifling you or I mean, it's the opposite you to do something. of like tabletop. When we launched Geek and Sundry, I had this vision to do longer form content. And they were like, no, you can't do that. Nobody, mm -hmm. that's not going to work. And then the next year they were like, you got to do shorter content. I'm like, but we have a very successful show. And then they changed it and again. Watch so time became the, the metric. Watch time became it, which Sean tabletop did. was Shane huge. Dawson did that. I think like him making those documentaries that were getting almost like like insanely high watch time. A, I think he did as a result response. of the watch time because I remember when we were working with YouTube back in like 2013 and 14, they were like, it's going to be all watch time from yeah. now on. Oh, it's Which been is, that long? Oh, oh yeah, I think sure. it was even before before that. that. It, it was, was like 2011, 2012 or something. We, I remember they. It was like, after tabletop because I remember yeah. they told me tabletop was too long when I pitched it. I was like, I think this is going to work, and then I'm not yeah. saying it's because as a result of that, but I'm just saying it was after the after that, the year mm -hmm. after or yeah. whatever. I just I know there were there were so many because we were working in sort of the Call of Duty scene and that sort of stuff, and people mm -hmm. were just doing real quick clickbait stuff. But they would also put it in like pets and fan, like pets and. I remember uh, that. Yeah, they, <laughs> they'd put a gameplay video in there to trick people so that they'd get the top of because they get the super high engagement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they'd be at the tops of like pets and families or whatever it was mm -hmm. called. And it was just like, so overall, YouTube things like it's engagement. And then we've seen other things too where like YouTube's like we're focusing on satisfaction. Like, what the hell does that? What does mean? that mean? For a while, I don't yeah, know. Like, it's so nebulous. Referral. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was. If someone would watch a video and then click something else and yes, recommend it. Yes, yes, if you did the recommended. So yeah. then it was like this whole shenanigans. Be like, well, you're keeping them thumbnails. on the site, flushing yeah. them through things. Yeah, it's just, and that's there again, you have this thing where it's like, okay, I need to cater to the platform and the gatekeeper, not cater to my own creativity. And Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Like, that's why we're not really getting, there aren't just tons of popular short films on YouTube because no. you can't headline a short film or thumbnail a short film in a way that's going to succeed in the way yeah. Logan Paul they does. Also no. Basically killed animation by yeah. doing that. A yeah. Lot of Great animators are just sort of gameplay channels now. Yeah, like, see, that's like, sad. the odd concept short where somebody like you know, even not, even years ago like Power Rangers, yeah. dark gritty Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. But like, the parodies those are really even. rare. Par yeah. even like yeah. clever parodies and like yeah, it's it's there. The lack of creativity is there because, I mean, essentially, you know, I went there and I tried to do premium video, and it's not like I spent a lot of money, y'all. I mean, but it, basically, when you have a vlogger. Um, making something in their bedroom and the ad person can give them thirty to $50,000 and have a huge investment and return on their investment because they're getting so many more clicks and, and, and watches. And then, you know, I'm trying to make like TV quality stuff that's long form and it's still getting a lot of views, but the proportion is not per dollar. So like the per minute per dollar thing comes down to like, you can't make scripted content. You can't make uh, content with a big crew. Unless it's premium. Unless, Unless YouTube's funny. Well, they don't even doing it anymore. Yeah, they're, yeah, they stopped doing it. They're, they're done pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it's all becoming Premium content. Yeah, free content. I guess yeah. it's just ad free now. That's what you mm. do. Once read, now premium is. A, yeah, I mean, like that's, their, that's, their movies has kind of gone to the wayside. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing with YouTube too. In general, like we like I said, we talk about this for hours, but they they cannot admit fault at any time. The system has to be perfect, otherwise. Uh, they would admit that they're working on a flawed pl uh, platform. Oh, yeah. I get the impression that they don't understand their own algorithm. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> pretty often. <laughs> like, we don't really know yeah. the answer I mean, to that. It's really sad. I saw this whole article that somebody did was like basically the right wing movement. I mean, all of this right wing fascism and like uh, populism is becoming, I mean, just Brazil. Look at Brazil. Basically, mm. YouTubers elected that guy. And it's because of YouTube, and mm. a lot of people YouTube think the world absolutely radicalizes people. It. It's insane. Like, yeah. it's, it's terrifying. You watch one thing that's like maybe slightly conspiracy related, and then it's all right wing recommendations because I think they get a lot of watch time because people are angry about it. Yeah. Well, it's, someone already did that. We did this whole podcast on of the whole like pedo ring and like oh, how wow. it just it just links to video to video, and like once again, it's YouTube going. The algorithm is working as intended. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. People figured out to do other stuff with it or it's doing things that we didn't mean for it to do. And yeah. they can't say this isn't what it was meant to be used for. They have to just say we're working on it. Okay. Because it'll open themselves up to liability, right? Like, when you I mean, sign, for, sign up with an account and you sign the terms of service, you're, it's their platform. They own it. And yeah. so that's, that's the other thing, too. When other people get upset of like, oh, they removed this or they did this can't get upset them because they own it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. It's, but they there, also own no it. people's internet. To me, I'm always like, listen, uh, my own, own rationale has been like, okay, yeah, we have the First Amendment that applies to the government, okay? I, You can't come into my restaurant and just start yelling racial epitaphs at people, right? Mm-hmm. That's, walk into my house and take a shit on my floor and not exactly, expect me to kick you out. Exactly. So these platforms, literally, we're, we're giving them our lifeblood. We're giving them our creativity and our the minutes of our life in order to get them engagement on this platform that a very few people are making billions of dollars on. And so, I mean, it's we're widgets. And and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's actually the more jaded I become, the older I get, because I'm just like, I know the podcasting world. I see people are just using people to work for nothing and doing podcasts, and then they're building their IPO out, and they're going to go and sell to a big company. Those guys will disappear. The promise of these creators is going to be crushed. Rinse and repeat. And it'll be another platform and another platform and another platform. Yeah. And it's just like, maybe I've just done this too long. <laughs> But I'm really bitter about it. I'm like, I don't want to give you my lifeblood. I don't want to give you my creativity unless I'm going to get something out of it, right? It's so, not going to get exploited or abused what you're giving them. Exactly. You know? yeah. I'm just giving them my personality in order for them to monetize me. And I'm just like, when are we going to wake up? Yeah. So let's just burn everything down <laughs> and buy this. my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's great kindling. It's really good. Burns through the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. You know this podcast is legit because we're already owned by a giant corporate entity. Yeah, let's read our third. <laughs> we already sold out. Yeah, well, you know. We're just employed. We all did. It's fine. Huh. Uh, but I want to thank you for coming by the show today, uh, doing this podcast that is attributing to the downfall of humanity. Humanity. No, <laughs> this is the, this is no. a lighting shot. Your and book's very uplifting. No. Also, you can yeah. do good work within the system. You know, yeah, well, it's just try. like uh, I think a lot of people have fun making YouTube content. Yeah, yeah, why not? So, maybe exploit you a little bit. There is some. I am a big fan of video essays. I don't watch a lot of YouTube content, but the the John Green and Hank Green are like the saviors of yeah. the world. Like no, they are amazing. I'm talking more like old Disneyland rides don't exist. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> really? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a smart woman. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but no, yeah, yeah. But wait, yes. tell me about these video essays. Oh, no, defun- Defunct Land is a yeah. great. They did the recent Jim Henson series of like, they did, you know, the six part series about Jim Henson's career. They, oh, I haven't they, seen it. They do, you know, the, you know, a, a Disneyland China ride that will have been active until 2006 yeah. and they like do the Civil history. America War Land. Yeah. And oh, that's weird fun. Stuff that you're like, I mean, I like Vox too, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. I I guess the internet has everything and therefore it can be good and it can be terrible. Oh yeah, no, there's one, there's one channel I'm obsessed with where she just goes around and like analyzes people who are like rebuilding 15th century, like abandoned Italian villas by hand with like they're, and they're just living in ruins and yet they're, Building this cool thing, like I'm obsessed with this James channel. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> you would. Well, there's like a the primitive technology channel. Yeah. That oh yeah, not, yeah, yeah. That would never exist on no. television. Yeah. So okay, yeah. YouTube doesn't suck quite as much as yeah. we just ranted about. It, it is easy to get caught up in the negativity, but to avoid that negativity, I think they should be able to check out your book. Uh, where can we find this all new? Literature. You can get it at FeliciaDayBook.com. You can go and pre-order it. I mean, it's it's out October 1st, so this might be after that yeah. or not. Yeah, it's already out. Okay, great. It's already out. I'm <laughs> yeah, on book tour right. right now. I am now, I'm in the future, and I'm on book tour. Go to Felicia Day Book and see me. Thank you for flying. I don't know why I'm like, she's yeah. flying through the air. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, cool. Uh, be sure to check that out. Once again, that's Embrace Your Weird, Face Your Fears, and Unleash Creativity. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. And of course. And before we go, uh, we have one last fun little sponsored video that uh, Elise made for us for Magic the Gathering Arena. It's, yeah. Uh, Magic the Gathering uh, employed us to put on a radio play yep. based on the, their new cards. Um, yep. But you'll, you'll learn more when you watch it now. Watching uh, it now. Adam has a part in it. <laughs> <laughs>
Ooh. As the only Magic the Gathering player in the office, I'm very curious about what you, you played did. Jace? It doesn't have a lot to do with <laughs> I'm playing the game, but. Roll the video. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Welcome to a special radio play brought to you by Magic the Gathering. I am here joined by my intrepid voice actors, James Adam, John, Jacob, Ryan. And we are performing a special production, an updated version of The Apprentice's Brooms, uh, starring a sorcerer's apprentice. And uh, thank you all for being here. And thank you for having us. It's, it's a <laughs> good not, time. It's not time yet. So I take you now to a grand tower room, a workshop, where the great sorcerer Artemis closed his suitcase dusted off his robes, and checked his timepiece. A few moments now, and the magical portal will open. Bora, Bora, here I come. Artemis was taking his first real vacation in half a millennia. Two years spent battling an evil swamp troll in Norway doesn't count. Now to back some light beach reading, and I'll be on my way. As he stepped forward to retrieve a thousand-page tome detailing the uses of horny speckled toads in metallurgy, volume one, Artemis's foot slipped on a discarded glass vial, sending him crashing into his workbench and said workbench's contents flying. Yo! It was there, splayed on the ground, his floral-printed beach robes covered in frog semen, that Artemis was confronted with the state of his workshop. Papers and scrolls littered the place. Equipment was disorganized and unkept. Turned over casks seeped potions on the floor. Random magical trinkets were all over the place. It was... An absolute pigsty! Where in Merlin's mother's minge is that useless boy, Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> Rageful, Artemis searched the tower to eventually find his apprentice, Kevin, dozing on a chaise. Artemis gave Kevin a good swat with his staff, jolting him awake. <laughs> yes, master? Uh, what is it, master? Wake up, you insufferable bum. I'm going on vacation. And upon my return, I expect this tower to be polished and sorted, floor to ceiling. Do you understand? Dude, uh, I mean, master, uh, can't you see that I'm busy? Kevin was not busy at all. It was obvious that he'd fallen asleep while playing games and stuffing his face with dwarf Ritos in Misty Mountain Duel. Why don't you just cast a spell or do some magic stuff, you know? Make the place clean itself? I could, but I won't. You're my sister's boy, Kevin, thus I pitied you, but no longer. You are lazy and a terrible apprentice. Now clean my chambers by hand, or I will dropkick you back to new... Fuck. (laughs) 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 Now clean my chambers by hand, or I will dropkick you back to Greenland myself. Very lazy looking. Kevin paused to think. A rare occurrence. The situation was dire. They didn't have dwarf Ritos in Greenland. (sighs) Okay, whatever. Artemis gave one last scowl, flicked his wand, then disappeared in a puff of smoke. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to disappear? No, you can stay here. Nice. (laughs) And so, Kevin spent the next six days playing games, sleeping in and snacking, without a care in the world. It wasn't until the seventh day, the day before which Artemis would return, that the reality of the situation set in. Oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble, man. No way can I clean this place in a day. And then Kevin had an idea. Not a good one, but still. I know. I'll use the old man's spell book. And so Kevin went to Artemis' study to retrieve the book. He found it under a sign that read, Do not touch. This applies to you, Kevin. Naturally, he took the book, then went to Artemis's workshop. His grimy, cheese-dust-covered fingers thumbed aggressively through its pages until he found the section he was looking for concerning household tasks. He read the words aloud. Four dwellings loathe and foul, the grimiest of rooms, I summon bristled allies, awaken mops and brooms. A strong force knocked Kevin off his feet, and there was a momentary flash of an exquisitely bright light. When his eyes adjusted, he looked around and saw the same old mess as before. Man, this thing sucks. Kevin threw the spell book to the ground. Hey, are you going to pick that up, bub? Kevin spun around. Who's there? 
From the shadows emerged three figures. At first, Kevin thought they were very short and skinny men, but he was shocked to see what they really were. Three brooms! Their bristles twisting and sashaying with each step. Carved into their handles were crude eyes and mouths. What do you mean, who's there? It's us, so don't you remember? Calling for your bristled allies, Master Artemis. We are here in the flesh! Or should I say, straw? (laughs) 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 The brooms laughed, and Kevin felt very uneasy, but did his best to regain composure. They assumed that he was Artemis, and he dare not correct them. Oh, uh, oh yes, Uh, of course. Magical brooms, I... The great uh, sorcerer Artemis have given you life. Now I command you, clean thy workshop. What should we do first, master? Oh, uh, first, uh... I know. We can sweep up the glass and sharp shards of glass. (laughs) 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 Oh, I know. We can sweep up the dust and sharp shards of glass. Yeah, indeed. Very good. Go ahead. And then we can soak our tender bristles in soapy water and mop up the spills. Sounds good. Carry on. (laughs) And then we can sort the books and pages to our master's liking. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yes, that would please me greatly. And then... We can throw your lazy ass from the highest tower. <laughs> well, that, wait, what? What did you say? I said, Kevin, that we will throw your lazy, good-for-nothing, broke ass from the top of the tallest tower, making sure you hit every spike along the way. You absolute waste of space. What? Just because we could talk now doesn't mean we didn't have feelings before. Back when you'd abuse and exploit us. We have dreams, hopes, loves. I've always dreamt that someday I'd be repurposed as a wagon wheel so that I might see the world. I want to go to Florida. 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 I know, I know. But instead, you walk us to the park. You shove our faces in dirt! (laughs) You use us to sweep up your cheesy food residue. I'm allergic. And swat at ceilings to clean cobwebs. I'm afraid of heights. I'd say it's time for a clean sweep. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) The brooms laughed maniacally. And raised to their full heights, cornering Kevin, their handles splintered, producing stick-like arms that clawed at the apprentice. Stay back! I mean it! Kevin fell backwards onto the floor as the brooms narrowed in. He reached for the first item he could grab, Artemis' spell book, and he hurled it at the brooms. Oh! Oh. <laughs> Reflexively, the toughest, meat, most jacked broom caught it. That's John, I guess. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. Take two. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> Reflexively, the toughest, most jacked broom caught it with one wooden fist. He looked at the book, then back to Kevin. Forget the tower, Kevin! I have better plans for you. (laughs) The next day, Artemis returned from his vacation. Kevin, I'm home. Wowee, zowee, would you just look at this place? Artemis' workshop was immaculately clean. In fact, it sparkled. Perhaps I was wrong about you, Kevin. Kevin? Artemis did a lap searching for his absent apprentice. Alas, there was no sign until Artemis stumbled upon a package wrapped in a bow with a note on top. A gift for poor old Artemis. (laughs) (laughs) You do more like, a gift for old Artemis? Okay, yeah. A gift for old Artemis? He read the note. Dearest master, upon reflection, I've realized that I haven't lived up to my position as your apprentice. In fact, I've been quite shit at it. 
A real butt face. A total idiot, actually, and ugly, too. No friends, lame-o, etc., etc. I leave you now in hopes of bettering myself, even though I just stink in general and probably always will. Please find enclosed a gift that I hope will serve you better than I ever did. Because I'm the worst. P.S. I threw out those three old cool brooms of yours. I promise you won't miss them. Artemis opened the package, and to his delight, inside was a brand new top-of-the-line magic broom. A tag attached to the handle read, Magic Broom. Will work day and night, always cleaning. <gasps> oh! This sounds exactly like what I need. Artemis flipped a switch on the broom, and instantly it floated in the air and started to sweep. Sweeping. Can we get a sweeping sound effect? Just, just one. Thank you. It's magic, Adam. <laughs> and it continued to sweep and sweep and sweep, showing no signs of stopping. I love it! Though I never thought I'd say it, you've outdone yourself, Kevin. Perhaps I will miss you. One day. Artemis turned his attentions to his workbench and set to work on his next magical creation. Meanwhile, the broom continued to sweep into the night, and the next day, and the day after that, the week that would follow, and for months to come. Soon years passed, and the broom did not yield. It swept and swept, and Artemis became so accustomed to the broom, he forgot that it existed. And not once did he notice the slight hint of cheesy snack residue that lightly dusted its bristles, or hear the screams, the silent screams, that also never stopped. Oh my goodness. I I am a broom, but I cannot scream. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. Whoa. You guys are brilliant. Spooky. Give a round of applause for the author. Thank you. (laughs) Round of applause for the author. That was beautiful, you guys. Good man. Who wrote this? Very dark. Yeah, geez. Dark. Very dark. I wrote it if it's good. If you like it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, huge thank you to Magic the Gathering for making this little... A theater, an interlude to the theater. Did you ever think your radio plays would make it this far? I did not think they would be profitable, no. Um. (laughs) Jaylees, this is a great radio play. Where'd you find the inspiration for something like this? Well, James, it was based on Throne of Eldraine, the brand new Magic the Gathering card set that mashes together Camelot and Grimm's fairy tales. You can play with new cards like these today on Magic Arena. Download free on PC today at mtgarena.com. I was looking out for the brooms. That was great. <laughs> I dubbed these free brooms. Bye. Bye. <laughs>